are you afraid to go for something in your life? We're going to talk to somebody who's going to invite you to look at a different way of fear. Here on Book Circle Online, next. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. This is Book Circle Online, and I am James Law Jr. That's right, the one and only James Law Jr., and I'm here today bringing you another great guest who has written a book. I, you know, I love books. I'm an author myself, and I love books that are there to help others because we're all part of the same village, I believe, and we're here to share our knowledge with others and, and help lift everyone up. One of my mottos. And this book really does that. It breaks it down. Uh, my guest is a mindset facilitator. She's also a top-ranked skier. I was like, you go, girl. Um, and she's just, we just, this amazing new book. that It's just, I, I love it. It's called The Art of Fear. I love that title. And I'm going to ask her about the title, especially, because I think it's such an interesting way of putting it. The Art of Fear. My guest, Kristen Ulmer. Hi, Kristen. Hi. Happy to be here. I have you here, too. Um, the title Art, the art of fear. I like that play on words, so to speak. Well, how, how much did you come up with the title? The title was harder to write than the book itself. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but yes. the subtitle is really oh, what yes. I think captures most people's attention, which is why conquering fear won't work and what to do instead. Mm-hmm. But it's like the art. Like you think of the art of the art of noise, which is a group, but like the art of sound. The art is like the art of fear. Like what? Like is it? Like what does that mean? And you read the book. It makes sense. It really does. Yeah, it, really it does. does. And it, it's like fear is this incredibly strong emotion that we all experience. And if we don't learn to have a healthy relationship with it, um, then we're really limited. And most people have a repressive relationship with it. And that's what the book addresses. We have so many things I want to dive into, of course, uh, about this. Uh, as some people know at home, I'm a certified life coach. And so we, I'm always talking about mindset mindset to me i have i have blog posts on it i have podcasts on it i'm always mindset to me is one of the main things of course into anything you do is getting into that whatever it is mindset you need to get to to, to conquer something and you talk about it too in your book and one of the things that i really i really enjoyed about your book was that you just break it down it's easy to read you break it down you you explain things uh, like certain concepts, like we're going to talk about ego. I'm going to ask you about ego in a second. But certain concepts, you break it down. I really enjoyed reading this book. It was really, really congratulations. It was really good. Thank you. Well, fear is an enormous subject. Mm-hmm. Fear itself is just a sensation of discomfort in our bodies, and yes. it's actually extremely simple. But when we start thinking about it and judging it and taking the bad advice that's out there that's yes. kind of rampant, <laughs> that we want to conquer it or overcome yeah. it or push it away or let it go, all of that, then things get really complicated. Yes. And next thing you know, we push fear down. I call it in the basement. And not dealing with it, it's now running our lives covertly from the basement. Um, and uh, it was a, a, an interesting process to write about this huge subject yes, because yes. people have made it so complicated. I really wanted to make sure that I simplified it as best we could. Yeah, no, and you, I think you did a great job. And that's that's the point because it is – it's a large – it's a broad subject. I mean it's not just like there's one thing about it. No, there's like – it can apply to everything and anything and – and it's, it's almost as much as there are differences of us as people, there are different kinds of fears and different kinds of – and I was like, how she – and as I started to read the book, like, how is she going to break this down 
and make it work, and you do. Um, the book you guys out there at home, it's not it's not a big, it's not a huge book or anything. It's a nice, healthy sized book um, with great information in it. And I, I say, run, don't walk to to get this book, especially if you have any kind of thing holding you back. And one of the most profound things that you talk about in this book, Miss Miss Kristen, don't strive to be fearless. I was like, the first time I ever really heard, everybody says, be fearless, be fearless, be fearless. This was one of the first times I ever heard that. And it made sense. When you explain it, makes sense. Can you talk about being, not being fearless a little bit, please? Well, it's impossible. You know, we're here as human beings to have a lot of experiences. And one of the experiences we're here to have is fear. And to suggest that we're supposed to be fearless, then it's kind of like, oh, well, let's go ahead and be green or let's go ahead and be (laughs) 10 feet tall. Like if you spend your whole life trying to be fearless, it's like spending your whole life trying to be 10 feet tall. It's just not going to work and it's going to take up your whole life Uh, and you're going to be very frustrated. (laughs) Yes, but very, very, to me, again, it's a very profound thing because you don't hear that enough um, out there. And uh, and when when you say it like that, it makes complete sense because, but it made me look and go, oh. I always called myself fearless in many ways. And now I'm going to stop saying that. I said, I'm going to stop saying that now. I'm taking that word out. Right. And you do big things with your life. I do big things with mm-hmm. my life. You know, I was considered fearless. I actually believed my own hype when I was a professional <laughs> extreme athlete. I was the best yeah. woman, big mountain extreme skier in the world yeah. for 12 years. And I didn't feel fear. And there's probably a lot of people out there that can relate. Mm-hmm. But if you kind of look beneath the relative reality, you'll find fear Mm -hmm. there. In Mm -hmm. fact, fear was my primary motivation. Um, Anytime you say anxiety, stress, worry, nerves, those are just other names for fear. Mm. Um, We all feel fear. And to suggest that we don't um, is you're in denial, basically. I agree with that. And it's funny for some of us, you bring up a good point, too. You are, I mean, you are a champion skier, which to me, skiing to me is one of the scariest uh, things you could do. Um, in my opinion, uh, when did you start skiing and, and how did that become this really big thing in your life? I started skiing in high school okay. and uh, I didn't know that I was going to become a professional skier. I actually never had any ambition to become a professional skier. Wow. I had no coaching. Wow. Um, I skied in jeans until I was 20 <laughs> years old. Wow. And then all of a sudden by age 23, two things happened. I wound up on the U.S. ski team completely by accident. Wow. I was just trying to hang out with my friends and go on <laughs> cool road trips and compete in these mogul competitions. Next thing you know, I'm on the U.S. ski team. Wow. Um, that same year, I also uh, talked a cinematographer into filming me for his next extreme skiing movie. Wow. And I jumped off a bunch of cliffs and threw some back scratchers, the trick of the day. And yeah. um, by the end of the day, I guess no woman had ever done anything like that. Wow. There were pretty big cliffs, like 20, 25 feet. Um, wow. By the end of the day, everybody in Squaw Valley, this is where it was, knew oh, my Squaw name. Valley. By the end of the week, everyone in the ski industry knew my name. And by the end of the month, I was fully sponsored and being called the best woman, big mountain extreme skier in the world. It was kind of a, a shockingly huge year. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to ask, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to, this, this is related to the book, but I'm going to ask you, I want to ask you this then hearing that amazing story and how seemingly fast that went in a year, when you start to get more attention and stuff, how much of the fear came into your life as you went along? Or were you just so busy doing it? Did the fear, was fear a component when you were, when you were becoming this, all of a sudden, this, this big skier? 
I didn't have any fear as I became famous. I didn't have any fear when I was skiing, mm -hmm. but the whole um, drive beneath my motivation to be an incredible skier was fear-based. Oh, okay. I was, I was definitely afraid of not being special, of not being loved, of being invisible. I'll tell you what, you start jumping off 70-foot cliffs and people love you and you are no wow. longer invisible. Wow. <laughs> um, so fear was behind uh, my motivation and okay. it, it really drove everything. And the other thing, it was also my pull. I was addicted to fear. I oh. was as addicted to it as a heroin addict is addicted to heroin. We say people like me are adrenaline addicts, but beneath the adrenaline is the fear. Yeah. So it was my push, it was my pull, but I also was repressing it. Like when I made it on the US ski team, you know, that was pretty intense. Like all of a sudden I had thousands of people screaming, watching me, I had cameras in my face and it was high pressure and you, your run's only 30 seconds long. And I took the really, really bad advice of uh, some coaches that didn't know what to teach about fear that, oh, you need to put it out of your mind. You need to take three deep breaths, push it away, visualize success, have a positive mental attitude. It's just really bad advice, actually, um, wow. because it works and it gives you some sort of relief. But then you're pushing it down and you're causing yourself some long term problems that started to become obvious to me after about 10 years. Wow. So 10 years in, you're like, this isn't good. And on this part of it isn't good. It's so 10 years in, you said, into your run. Yeah. Wow. And you know. What makes me a fear specialist? Well, I did some things right, and I definitely <laughs> yes, did some things yeah, wrong. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah I, my whole life has been about fear. Yeah. First, experiencing it, being addicted to it, and then, you know, I'll, I'll tell you about the next 20 years of my life in just a little <laughs> bit, but, you know, there's a lot of people that give advice about fear that study it in college yeah, or yeah, yeah, um, yeah. maybe meditate it, you know, the, like they're self-help gurus yes, or something like that. Yes. And I'll tell you what, I don't think anybody's really gone down this rabbit hole as much as I have. No, you haven't. For sure, you especially haven't. because of my career. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. This book really is dollars in it. For me, I just want to share with you, is I always thought – I used to say this, I stopped saying it years ago. I hate change. I hate change. It makes me scared. It makes me scared all the time. <laughs> Yet, Kristen, I seem to be changing my life all the time. Like, it was like, well, if I don't like, if I hate change so much, then why am I doing things that, that affect and make change happen? And I'm still walking through the fear of it. I walk through it and come on the other side. So it's funny saying that how you recognize, I recognize that, in, I think my 30s, I recognized that. I was like, oh, I must stop saying that phrase now because... The fear is not stopping me. It hasn't stopped me. I'm still doing stuff, right? Right. Fear is going to be with you every moment of every single day and every interaction you have because we're constantly changing. Like trying, the, the ultimate question is who am I? And the reason why we keep asking ourselves that mm -hmm. over and over and over again our whole lives is because there is no answer. I mean, right. you're changing so fast it's like trying to figure out who you are is like trying to hit a target a moving <laughs> yes. target that's moving faster than the speed yes. of light yes so with so much change of course there's going to be fear and going back to your question you know i la lasted for about 10 years repressing fear and then yeah. things started to go south well you know i i was getting older and um and the amount of fear that i was repressing to ski the way that i wanted was severe and next thing you know fear i called it you push it down to the basement you know you think oh I'll breathe it out you let it go where does it go it doesn't go into the atmosphere actually we store it in our bodies yes. and it started covertly messing up my life Ooh. from the basement from in my body in ways that were 
um, pretty severe. Wow. Um, I, I, you know, I, I had a mini stroke years ago, and I think it was because of fear and holding things in. Um, and once I got to that level where I couldn't move my, my left side or whatever, um, I was really faced with, okay, I can just live this way or do my best to get out of it. And I found that once I started acknowledging the fears, you talk about that in your book too, acknowledging them and walking through them, I got better. It's like you get better. You just like you you don't try to suppress them and hide them, right? You just made the one kind of language mistake that I see so often that I'm so fiercely trying to change with this book is that you blamed fear for a problem in your life. Okay. When really we should be blaming ourselves in the way that we react to the fear. Okay, very good. So what happened is you started reacting to the fear in a different, more healthy way, and then fear kind of let go of you, didn't seem to be such a big issue anymore. So just look at that. It's like fear is this really simple sensation of discomfort in our bodies. But when we want nothing to do with it, when we fight it, we run away from it, we um, rationalize it away, we take three deep breaths, all these things that people suggest that we do, we're actually abusing fear. You know, I like to personify fear as being an individual. Okay. Like maybe an employee in your corporation or a child in your family. Yeah. You're actually abusing this employee, abusing this child. And so they're going to start acting out in kind of a crazy, weird, Uh, irrational way. So like if you have fear um, that's terrorizing you or causing you problems, we tend to blame fear, but we should be blaming ourselves for how we're treating it. How we treat that's very see I you folks I learn stuff all the time I like that um, I, that's a, the learning never ends until you die that's how I look at that uh, <laughs> no I seriously I, I learn things all the time that's why I love doing these shows so for so this is really I want to go on, I want to go on that a little bit so your thing is when you say that it's more about your reaction to fear that may have helped cause your situation yes like I ski with a lot of clients and. I was skiing with somebody, we were on something really steep in Alaska, and he froze, and he couldn't move. Oh, my God. And it's like, what is that? He's blaming fear. Fear made me freeze. When really, what's happened is that, okay, yes, the slope is steep. Yes, it's scary. Fear shows up saying, oh, my gosh, right? Yeah. And then he freezes, and, and... it's him that's freezing, not because of the fear, but in reaction to the fear. And actually, the slope is a, a problem, right? But fear has become the bigger problem to this person than the slope itself. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So what mm-hmm. we do, like fear is a sensation of discomfort in our bodies that's yes. supposed to instill like flight or fight, yes, yes, right? Yes, 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 yes. Right? Like yeah. kill the, the T-Rex or run from the T-Rex. <laughs> right, right. right. But um, what we've done, though, is because we have this whole extra step, we start thinking about the fear. And now we don't have an honest relationship just as the sensation of feeling in, this, in our uh, discomfort in our bodies. We're now thinking about it. And we're now running. We're either either fighting or fleeing the fear itself. Mm. Or freezing in the face of it or fainting in the phrase, face of it yeah. or people fidget when it's around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so fears become the bigger problem than the situation that it's warning you against. Yeah, okay. I like, like Kristen, I like that. I do, I like that. Um, and some of the things, okay, so let's talk about ego in term, in relation to fear, because you mentioned that in your oh book, boy. too. And ego, well, ego, that's a word that we all hear all the time in very, very situations. And what is ego? What does ego do? And what part does ego play in everything? And so can you talk about a little bit how it plays in part in fear? Let me give you the full context of the book. Okay. 
the first it comes in four sections basically right. the first part of the book is outlining why we repress fear why we treat it the way we treat it um and how that causes just rampant problems in society for me it caused ptsd burnout wow. i started to hate skiing i started having injuries that wouldn't heal wow. you know excessive injuries um and i had adrenal fatigue oh wow okay. for other people that repress fear it shows up as depression anxiety right. disorders panic attacks um all right you know excessive fear excessive anger uh, a whole bunch of other rampant problems in our society that I'll tell you what there's been a lot of doctors psychologists scientists yeah. on the job to help us manage and limit fear <laughs> yeah. and anxiety yeah. and all they're helping us do is push it down further which is actually the problem interesting that's very interesting okay yeah. yes 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 so that's the first half of the book right you're now talking about the second half of the book yeah. and why the ego is relevant for fear is that Okay, great. We get that we shouldn't repress fear, that we should deal with it in an honest way. Well, here's what's going to get in your way. You have a dynamic called the ego, mm -hmm. and it's a dynamic of beliefs and stories and habitual patterns and thoughts, and your sense of self is basically your ego. And it's a dynamic of all these kind of states. And then people are also trying to get rid of the ego, and that's taught a lot right now. And it, while it's important to have an experience of something beyond your ego, it's probably you know, unrealistic okay. to expect that you're ever going to be free from your ego yeah, in your so lifetime. Cool. You know, this is your human fate. You right. know, you're here to be a human being. Well, that <laughs> yeah. means having an ego. Yes. And in this ego, um, you know, if, if you've been repressing fear for 10, 50 years, right, the ego is going to prevent you from realigning with fear in a higher level. Okay. Wow. Because some of the things you talk about are, um, there's some things that she says you should not do or, she, or you, shouldn't, you shouldn't try to do. And, and again, these are all profound things when I'm reading this stuff. It's very profound for me. You shouldn't try to conquer fear or think about fear. Um, I mean, just things like that. Just, I mean, it's just really interesting, right? I mean, it's like you're, I mean, the sort of things that you teach are becoming intimate with fear, you know, being curious about fear. Um, you say it's one thing like doing a dance with fear. Um, I think they're just really profound. It's like, wow, okay. This is, you're, you're telling us to really embrace fear. Now you're getting to the third part of the book. Yes. Which is the solution. Like, Okay. We have this problem, we're repressing fear, and it's messing up our lives yeah. in some pretty dramatic ways. And medicate, you know, at this point, we're all trying to medicate the fear even yeah. further down. And yeah. Like, that seems like the only solution for people. Right. Um, second part is what's going to get in your way. The third part is practical advice. And, like, look at the words that you used. You mentioned, you know, you shouldn't try to conquer fear. Well, um, what you're doing is declaring war on fear. Mm, like, listen to yes. the word conquering, yes. overcoming, right? Yes. You're now fighting a war with this huge primary part of who yes. you are. Mm. It's being carried out in your unconscious mind. And make no mistake, it is unwinnable. You will not win the war against fear. You may win a battle. Yeah. But you will not win the war. And you'll then, unfortunately, get stuck kind of in this war with fear your whole life. Like... This war with fear can become your whole world. You yeah. know, you see people with borderline personality disorder or lifelong depression or lifelong anxiety disorders. They're all in a war with fear that is consuming their entire lives that is unwinnable.
See, when you talk about that, I just, I get it. So please continue. I just, I love it. I just, you get, I just get it. Oh, okay. I love it. So you also mentioned shouldn't be thinking about fear. So then people then go to a therapist, right? Yes. And they, maybe they even know, like, I've got to deal with my fear. So then they start talking about it and they start thinking about fear. Now, I mentioned fear is a sensation of discomfort in your body. Yes, yes. Talking and thinking about fear is kind of like, you know, fear is an emotion. You're trying to deal with an emotion intellectually. You should be dealing with an emotion emotionally. You know, emotional mm. problems should be dealt with emotionally, not intellectually. And so we've all been taught to rationalize. Yes. Like, like yes. okay, you know, the plane has a greater chance of going <laughs> yeah, down. You know, you yeah, have yeah. a greater chance of getting <laughs> killed walking across the street than the plane going down. Right? That's how we flying. try to yes. rationalize away fear. And, yes. you know, it works. It makes us feel better. So we think we're on the right path with that. But next thing you know, we're just thinking about fear and we're trying to um, put it out of our minds. It's one way to not deal with it. I say one of the primary things you can do to have a healthier relationship with fear is just close your eyes. You want to do this right now? Yes, let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Close your eyes. Okay. And if somebody's driving, you know, don't don't close your eyes. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're listening to this, yeah, don't close your eyes on the podcast. Right. Yes. <laughs> so close your eyes okay. and feel your fear. Don't think about your fear. I want you to feel your fear, which is in your body. And you want to look for a discomfort like um, anxiety, stress, worry. Um, It may show up as sadness. Uh, It may show up as anger. 95% of what we know as modern anger is nothing more than undealt with fear. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. find that sensation of discomfort in your body now and tell me where you feel it. I feel it in the temple of my forehead. Okay. I feel it in my chest right now. So that's your fear. And I feel I really feel it. My right and the first was the size. I'll say because I, I you mentioned fly, I hate flying. I'm scared of flying and I fly all the time. But I'm scared of it. And I was thinking of that and my whole forehead. It feels uncomfortable. Right. It well, you should be scared of flying. You know, planes are scary. They <laughs> fall out of the sky all the time. Right. 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 So we think that it's some sort of sign of personal weakness or, or something wrong with our character if we have that. But the thing is, if you push it down, if you don't want to deal with it, it'll wind up becoming irrational and crazy and and um, uh, pathological even. Mm-hmm. And that just is a clear sign that you haven't been dealing with your fear. You've been pushing it down. And when you push down fear in the basement, it'll hijack your mind and run its loop in the middle of the night when you're trying to sleep. It'll hijack your whole world. I mean, it's a big deal to repress fear. It'll come out in any way it possibly can, and it will become phobias. Um, It will become um, uh, panic attacks. You know, these are the kinds of symptoms that I'm looking for of repressed fear that tells me that somebody doesn't have an honest, healthy relationship with fear. So... Anyway, you should feel, feel, feel fear when you're flying, uh, if that's your thing. You know, yeah. I'm afraid of snakes. Everybody has their thing. Yeah. So let's continue with the drill. Okay. okay. So go back to feeling your fear. I, I, I get so excited about the subject. I, you know, get you're, lost you're, sometimes. You are, the, you are the best. But I'm let's go best. back to our bodies. Okay. All right. So My feel that closed. fear again. Okay. And here's the first step to having a healthier relationship with it, is you acknowledge where it is in your body. Like we just did. Okay. My forehead. My front okay. my front part of my head is there. Right. Tension forehead, right. So does it feel excessive or out of context or anything like that or irrational in any way? Like why is this here? No, it feel it, actually it feels uncomfortable. Like I don't want to feel it. Mm-hmm. It feels okay. it feels like 
that's where I feel it when I'm taking off on on, on takeoff. Mm-hmm. Usually, my forehead, my head hurts. Let's just do it right now, too, just okay. to have an honest relationship with this moment. Okay. Um, what is your relationship with that discomfort? Do you have any resistance to it? I want to repel it. My right. natural, my next thing, I want to like not feel it anymore. It makes me. It so makes in me. In the book, if yeah. you remember, suffering mm-hmm. equals discomfort times resistance. Mm-hmm. So fear is there, and let's say it's a level ten. And then there's resistance that's also a level 10. And what resistance looks like is, I don't want to feel this. I wish this would go away. I'm going to hide this from other people. You know, I don't want anybody to know about this. So what we have now is 10 times 10, and we have 100 for suffering. You know, that's a whole lot of suffering. And, you know, let's say the fear is level 10, though, and there's no resistance. So the resistance is as big a deal as the fear itself. So let's say your fear is a level 10, mm-hmm. but there's no resistance. What's 10 times zero? Zero. There's no suffering. Right. So is there a way that you can feel that feeling right now without any resistance? <laughs> oh, I just snorted. it. Um, <laughs> it's hard to do. And yeah, that's no, where no, it is. Like, I, it's like we're so conditioned. We're yeah. so invested in resisting it. Yeah, I mean, but I, even if you could lower it from a level ten in resistance to a level nine, see, that's a good question. I, right, right now, my now my eyes are open again, but I had my eyes closed this whole time, and I'm like, I didn't. I wanted to open my eyes just because I didn't want to feel it anymore. Isn't that funny? I mean, I didn't want. I just wanted to open my eyes. I thought, well, my eyes will go away. Yeah, we've been conditioned to do that. Yeah. So then, go back to the feeling, and here's another step you can take to lower the resistance. Okay. Feel that feeling, and. Just really get that it's absolutely natural and normal to feel fear, to feel this discomfort. And just spend like 10 seconds really acknowledging that. And that can be life-changing for people. I mean, wow. Just notice how much the resistance lowers. It's not it's so a true. sign of personal weakness that oh, I have yeah. this tension or this discomfort. Oh my, my, my nostril just popped. Oh boy! <laughs> just, that's great. No, it feels. I mean, I felt like a release just happened under my nose. Right. That's very interesting. Yeah. So we want to. That this is what's called having an honest relationship with fear, and we want to find a way to feel our fear. And I know that people are going to, you know, listen to this, and then they're going to go back into their lives, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's right. I need to deal with my fear." And then they start thinking about it. That is not the same as feeling it. Feeling fear is what we're going for, not thinking about fear. That's a very important distinction. And then uh, being willing to let it be in your life by saying this is perfectly natural and normal. And then ask yourself, because I say this is like a child or like an employee, like how would a good parent parent this child? How would a good CEO manage this employee? Would you beat them and block them out and tell them to go away and hate them and declare war on them and try to conquer them and... um, no, you'd, you'd show them the respect and consideration that anybody deserves. God, this, that, was, that was actually very interesting because I, my first, like, so my first reactions were, just open your eyes, just shut open your eyes, and then you don't feel it anymore. But I really wanted to be part of this exercise. I'm like, no, I'm going to stay with my eyes closed. And I was having that dialogue inside while I'm feeling the fear, while I'm feeling the tension in my forehead not subside. And then when you say, okay, this, they'll, they'll really invite it and say, it's okay, it's okay. And I started, I started, I started saying it in my brain. I was, I could, I was saying the sentence, 
it just starts subsiding. Like I said, my nose popped a little bit. Like my nose not stuffed up, but I can just kind of like, oh, I feel a little better now. Like it's really interesting. So I didn't open my eyes. I just I accepted it in. And notice all the chatter. Yes. It's just a sensation of yeah. discomfort in your body, and yet right. we are in such arms of up in arms about it. It's yeah. our reaction to it is just crazy and frenetic and and you know, the reaction is the bigger issue. You know, the resistance is where we actually have the greatest wiggle room in this relationship yeah. with fear. And, you know, fear is just a natural, normal part of life. But the resistance is also kind of normal. I suggest in the book that you're never really going to get below a one or a two right. in resistance. Right. Um, but, you know, if you're a level 10 in the resistance, that's you're going to suffer a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, just really, it's really interesting because... Like you said, let fear do its thing. You know, let, it, let, it, let it do its thing. Let it come through. Um, but you also say, reframe the way you view what fear is for you. And so you're, you're inviting us to look at, at fear a whole different way that we're taught. Yeah, and I have multiple chapters in The Art of Fear on how yeah. to do this. Yeah. You know, we're touching upon a few things here. Yeah. Um, you know, if you've been repressing fear your whole life, you're like, oh, my gosh, how do I even start, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, you could read the book. Well, yeah, but it's just how people read the book. People read the, I'm, not, I'm not telling you. I'm not going to tell them everything. I want them to read the book because it's really good. I mean, if you really feel blocked or scared, this book will really explain it to you. It really does. It's not even just if you feel scared, like – if you're depressed, you you will find out in no uncertain terms why. Um, there may be other factors involved, yeah. but certainly the avoidance of your emotions have something to do with it. Um, depression is actually Latin for press down. Mm -hmm. So when you're pressing down your feelings, you know, then they're going to be depressed, and so too will you be. You know, however fear feels, like, like I said, I like to personify it, push down in the basement, you know, how would you feel if you were down in the basement with no love, no food, right. no water, right. you know, no sunshine, and everybody hates right. you, and everybody teaches on that you're the enemy, you know, yes. you'd be either really angry, and thus right. fear in right. the basement shows right. up as anger, or you'd be really depressed and sad, right. well, I bring, and thus I, fear well, shows I bring, up as depression. I bring up the fear thing, because a lot of people have asked me when I showed them this book, and they're like, well, I'm, I'm scared of this, and I'm scared of that, so I want people to know that this book is good for that, too, because people have brought that up to me a lot. Um, like I just, I'm scared. I'm like, well, read the book and, and it'll, it'll, it'll show you a way to get over that. Um, cause people, people seem like they're, that's a, that's a, a word a lot of people use. They're scared or they're blocked. There's another word people use too. I'm blocked. Um, I don't know what to do next. Um, I, I had a, uh, a client who had a kid who was scared of everything and they wanted to get on a water slide okay um and the kid's saying oh i i'm scared i'm scared and of course what does the father say it's okay you don't have to go on the water slide well right? no, usually what parents say unfortunately is there's nothing to be afraid of and that moment that a child starts repressing fear okay there's nothing to be afraid of it's just in your mind it's not real you know false evidence appearing real. We all know that one. Um, it shamed, I call it fear shaming. It shames the kid. Like there's something wrong with you. See, everybody else isn't afraid. It's actually not true. Everybody else is afraid. Right. That's what makes it fun. Right. And see, I, no? I, see, I was different kind of parents. I, I didn't make my kids do have to do anything. I'm like, if they didn't want to do it, I was like, you don't have to do it. I guess I was that right. kind of parent. I was like, if you don't want to do it. If you really don't, if you really, really don't want to do it, you can explain it to why you don't want to do it. And I didn't, I didn't force them to do it, I guess. Well, that's definitely a step above saying there's yeah. nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. 
what I suggested that this guy say is that, well, you know, life is scary. These rides are actually designed to be scary. Yeah. And that's what makes them so fun and so interesting. So the question is, are you in the mood for fear? right now and if right. so let's go on the ride and let's enjoy our fear right. if you're not in the mood for fear then let's not do it hmm. and then let the kid make his own choice hmm. like that. so the kid, I mean the kids should make yeah, I always feel the kids should make their choice of course because I always feel like when you force kids to do stuff and I've been I was forced to do things when I was a kid I don't know if you had yourself too you don't forget that <laughs> for some reason like that's something sometimes you're in therapy talking about you know 30 years later um, that my father you know he threw me in the pool and made me learn how to swim like things like that um, I always tried not to do that on some level, but I like I like your approach. It's like, okay, yes, you're scared. That's okay. You know, it's okay to be scared. Um, let's let's see you know, if you want if you want to get through the scary thing, and we could do this. We could do this together. You just separately if you want to. Let's do it. Like like I remember going to amusement parks, and you know, and all, of course all the the rides. Some of them look really scary, but I went on, I went on a lot of them. We tried them. Some of them were fun. You know, um, but I feel like I'm glad someone let me have the choice to do that. I know some parents will do that. But I'm glad that I had a chance to do that. Because it's fear. Yeah. And imagine a world where my version of emotional intelligence is not your ability to understand your emotions and control them, like many people suggest. Okay. My version of uh, emotional intelligence is our ability to feel our emotions in an honest way and use them as a tool to come alive and for creativity. Um, And so when I hear you say, oh, well, let's get through this together – you know, oftentimes it's like, okay, we're not getting through the situation. We're getting through the fear together. And so notice even that language suggests that we want to get to the other side of it. I mean, what about enjoying it? You know, which is kind of the last part of the book. You know, the first part is we repress it. Here's why. And this is all the problems that it causes for us, including panic attack, PTSDs, you know, insomnia, et cetera, et cetera. Second part, here's what's going to get in your way third part is here's some practical advice on what to do instead that will actually give you the results that you desire, which is no more panic attacks, freedom from depression, um, being able to go back to sleep at night, things like that. And then the fourth step is if you have a fear practice, and keep in mind there's gratitude practice, joy, love, forgiveness practices. Those are rampant in society today. Everybody's teaching them. It's actually, you know, that's step two. You know, we got to do step one. We got to deal with our shadow. We got to deal with our negative. Like, we got to deal with the the children in the basement first. You know, right, and if right. you do, if you welcome fear in an honest way into your life, then here's what's possible. You know, where all of a sudden fear will help you come alive. Like, it'll make you stronger. It'll keep you safe. Of course, we all know that. Yeah. It'll make you wise. Like, fear is where our intuition and instinct comes from. It'll help you see clearly like people poo poo fear based decisions making. But um, if you don't have fear involved in your decision making process, you're blind in one eye or deaf in one ear. Interesting. Um, it, Interesting. Fear gives you energy like all these things I felt in my ski career. And that's why yeah, I love you know fear. You know like that. fear took me into the zone and little else would. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would know about that, especially because you were just skiing stuff and competing, of course, and that kind of thing. Uh, I know for me, speaking in front of people. Yeah, I always, I always say if I don't get a little nervous, that I'm not. I always said I don't. Get, I'm not alive. It's like if you if you get to the point where you just you never get nervous, like that. This seems weird to me. Like you just never get nervous. Like I always get a little nervous when I'm about to speak in front of a crowd or whatever. Not saying I'm not ready to do it. Or I'm not prepared or that kind of stuff. But I get I get a little nervous. I think it's. And I always thought that was fine. I always thought, well, that's fine. That seems they seem normal to me. 
right? You, you get right. Here's a great way to reframe fear. I'm like a PR director for fear, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I am. You are. Um, maybe the only one ever in the history of the uh, yeah, world, I'm, by I'm, the way. I've never heard about it. So you found a niche and you, you, filled, you filled it. I right. love it. Yes. Well, I mean, nobody's ever talked about fear like this before. You know, all it seems like almost everybody out there does one of two things. They either flat out say you've got to conquer fear, let it go, overcome it, or they're a little bit more progressive saying you've got to be willing to feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's perfectly natural, but now let's conquer it and overcome it. Oh, okay, right? got it. Right, okay, got I'm it. I'm the only right. one that is actually speaking on behalf of fear as being one of the most amazing experiences we get to have here on planet Earth. So yeah. let me ask you this, James. Please ask me. Tell me uh, one of the most poignant moments of your life where you felt the most alive? That's a good question. Uh, most alive. Um, I felt the most alive. Most poignant ones I felt the most alive. Uh, my daughter being placed in my arms when she was born. Was that a scary experience? I mean, I'm sure yes. that there was a lot of love there no, and a lot scary. of like wonder and all those wonderful things that you hear about. But can you see that there's also fear? It's like, oh, my I was gosh. 19. I was 19 years old. I can't imagine anybody oh. at 19 <laughs> with a child. Like, I mean, seriously, like, I, I had no. no there, you want to talk about fear, Chris? And there was, I can tell you, there was fear. Um, her mother and I were like, okay, here. First, she was two weeks late. Jesus, it took forever to come out. Um, and so we were already fearful of that because like, we were trying to think, what should we do? Should we induce labor? There's all the stuff going on with that. Then she decided to come. And then when they placed her in my arm, I fell in love with her when they placed her in my arm immediately. But it was like, I won't use the words on camera, but I was like, oh my, you know. And I was like, here I get this, there's this baby. The first year I was scared. The first year was like, um, is she breathing? Is she breathing? Is she breathing? Is she hurt? Did I drop her? Like, the whole year was like, I, I feel like I didn't exhale until she was a year old. I was so, I was so young. I was like, this, I was a baby myself. So well, A couple things. The fear is there to make sure you don't mess it up. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> There's that. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Another thing, the best things in life, the things that are worth doing always will involve fear. Hmm. You know, like the, the surfer Makes even sense. that surfs the biggest wave of his life. Yeah. You don't think fear is not a part of that? Oh, yeah. oh, and it's yeah. like that that for other people, that's the greatest moment of their life, surfing the, the double overhead wave, right? Yeah. Certainly fear is there. Um, and then anytime, here's the, the last one. Anytime you want to expand or grow as a person, you should go out and do something scary because there is no learning and growing without fear involved because this is your comfort zone, Mm -hmm. right? You're not going to learn anything in your comfort zone. The second you step out of your comfort zone, you're going to feel fear. You know, you're going to, anytime you take a risk, having a baby, yes. doing a double overhead, right? <laughs> yes. And so you connect the dots, you know, after you do a number of fearful things, you know, this is your new comfort zone. You've just expanded who you are. Yeah. So anytime you want to learn and grow, go out and do something scary. I've done three marathons in my 40s. I was scared, crapless each time I did it. And I'm glad I did them. I look, I look at those medals and I see my surrogates and I'm very proud of myself because I was scared each time I did it. The training was fine. Training form was okay. And actually, it was, I was more scared the second time because I knew now I knew what a marathon was like doing it the first time. Isn't that funny? Now I, now I, know, now I know how marathons can go, so now I was more scared the second time. Okay, I've asked probably 500 people this question. Oh, Would you rather feel happy 
or alive. Now, keep in mind, it's would you rather feel, not would you rather okay, be. Okay, okay. Right? Would you rather feel happy or would you rather feel alive if you had to choose one? Alive. That's the first thing that comes to my, my brain. Okay, now I've asked 501, so 500 <laughs> of those 501 have answered alive. Okay. Um, you know, happy is overrated. Yes, it's like it's whatever, the, whatever that is, right? Whatever that is, that's objective, right? like whatever that is, happy is whatever. Right. So we're here to be alive. We're here to feel mm. alive. And part of what makes us feel alive is feeling fear. But if we don't want to deal with it, if we see it as a personal weakness, if we push it down, if we, if we avoid it like the plague, we're, we're, that means we're half alive. You know, people say, oh, there's only fear and love, right? Make decisions out of fear. And people poo-poo fear, right? They yeah. only go for love. Well, that's only half of what's going to make you feel alive. Yeah. And if you're only half alive, guess what? That means you're half dead. Wow. So yeah. we got to start doing right by fear, not only because it is killing us inside to yeah. fight this unwinnable war yeah. with this primary part of us that is unwinnable, it is, cons I mean, people will devote their whole lives trying to fight wow. fear. It'll consume, like, fighting their, their panic attacks, their anxiety. And, you know, of course, everybody's teaching you new t techniques every yeah, single day on how yeah. to fight this war yeah. and win this war. It's just, you know, if you get nothing out of this talk today, just please don't use the word fear and conquering in the same sentence again. I'll never, I'll never do it again, folks. I will never do it. Yeah, yeah it. it's I'm disrespectful done. to fear. So, um, you know, we're going to instead, you know, make friends with fear. Uh, the original title of my book was My Love Affair with Fear. <laughs> That's cute. I like that. But because the book is not as much about my own personal experiences, maybe like oh, 6% yeah, is my yeah. own personal relationship with fear. It's more of a self-help book, just helping the audience really mm. forge a healthier relationship with fear, thus forging a healthier relationship with themselves. Um, then all of a sudden fear, instead of holding you back, will become one of the most magnificent experiences you have here helping you come alive. Kristen, I can feel your energy through the Skype into the <laughs> studio. So I'm, I mean, I'm really being, I'm serious. I, mean, I can feel it. You have taught me some things today. And I, and I, I, I'm very, I live in gratitude for this moment because I really do think everything you're saying, it, it makes so much sense. Like I, I said, reading a book in this, I, my life has been ch changed by you. It has been. And I'm still learning stuff. This is, really, this is really amazing. Thank you, Chris, for being on. I could talk to you forever. <laughs> I could talk to you forever at the end of the show. I, I wish I could keep going. But it went by fast. This, thank you. Thank you. That, you know, my, my ego is... <laughs> <laughs> I want you, you know, this, I, book, yeah. this book is mostly for people who have some sort of anxiety okay. disorder, excessive fear, excessive anger, depression, um, panic attacks, all those things that I mentioned, PTSD, and they've just been stuck in that loop of managing symptoms. Okay. Um, and they've been reading a lot of books. I mean, there's so many books out there that'll teach you how to conquer or overcome right. it or let it go. You know, this is definitely not one of those books. It addresses the cause of these problems yeah. and offers you some really practical advice to turn it around. And, you know, I like to say, what's the definition of insanity? Doing something over and over again. Right. Right. Expecting different results. Yeah, the results so yeah. if you feel like you're doing the same thing over and over again, you know, with these problems yes. and just nothing seems to be changing and you're not getting the results that you want, yeah. then try this book. This book is for you. I, I wrote it for you and I'm here to help. You are. I mean, you're, you're, you're just, you're wonderful. And I, and I just, I, I congratulations on all your success with this book. I mean, seriously, congratulations. And I think this book could change lives. I really do. 
Yeah. Oh, so I mentioned at the beginning my credentials. My credentials yes. are, of course, I was addicted to fear and I was also repressing <laughs> yes. it to the extreme. Yes. Um, my second credential is I spent 15 years since retiring as an athlete working intensely with a Zen master. Okay. And this book is very Zen. People that study Zen will recognize that. Mm -hmm. um, if they give PhDs for Zen, I'd probably have two by <laughs> now. <laughs> and then also I will conclude in saying that I have – facilitated. I'm a, a thought leader, mindset yes. facilitator, yes. fear specialist. I have been working with thousands of people over the last 15 years, yeah. helping them forge a healthier, more honest relationship with fear. And I just got to say, this stuff works. It is amazing yeah. how effective this is to just really clearly address the underlying cause and, and gives practical advice on how to resolve these deep problems in your life that have been plaguing you for decades in a very quick way yes where can people find you if they want to hire you to facilitate uh, my website kristenolmer.com i have online at home courses yeah. i have live webinars i have live events i work with people one-on-one -on -one. that's the most expensive option of course right. um, i give speeches like i'm a fear specialist and I Google it and Google it and Google it, and I can't seem to find any other fear specialist in the world, yeah. which is very bizarre to me because fear is such a big subject. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of people that have an opinion about fear. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of people that have an opinion about anxiety, or there's a lot of anxiety specialists. And fear and anxiety are very closely related. Um, anxiety is fear times resistance, basically. Yeah. And... Uh, but apparently, I'm the only fear specialist in okay, the world, as far as I can tell right now. Very good, girl. I, I, I like that. See, that's I mean, you, I say you found a niche, but didn't realize that you were going to be the person doing it. But you are you are fulfilling that that need. I'm so. the Coca-Cola of fear. There you does go. Does that make sense? That, it does make sense. Yes, I, I, like, I kind of like that. I, I said you have a way with <laughs> I'm words. I'm the first. <laughs> You're the first. You have, you have a way with words. So I, that's why I love it. The book, you guys, <laughs> is called The Art of Fear. Kristen Omer is the, is the author. You can get it at Amazon. You can get it everywhere you can. You can go to my page, and I will make sure you can. I'm James Lott Jr. You can go to James Lott Jr. page. And I have her stuff on my page because I want to get this book out to as many people as I can who need this. I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends who are insomniacs. This book would be good for them too, right? Oh my gosh. Must, that's must one read. of the coolest things I teach. It's like immediate. Yeah, they might, they might as well read it while they're up, right? Yeah. And get something. Well, there's that. <laughs> uh, but what, think about insomnia. It's like yeah. there's something keeping you yeah, awake. And what awake. do we do? We distract ourselves yes. from it. Yes. But if we turn towards it, it's like a whining child. Yes. You know, you, you, you turn away from it and yes. it just gets louder and louder and more and more upset yeah. with you. But if you turn toward it, toward it, it calms right down. Yes, it's it crazy. Yes, it does. Most kids. But, <laughs> but nobody thinks to do this. It's counterintuitive, but right. it works. Right. You guys, Book Circle Online is on iTunes. It's on YouTube. You can go to Book Circle On, which is the Twitter page. You can go to my page as James Lott Jr. I do lots of interviews for them and interviews like this one, which you need to share with people you think need to, need to share it with them. Because I'll be sharing with everybody I think needs this. Um, and you can go ahead and go ahead and rate us, like us. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you think of this discussion. And I will pass on some of the comments to her if you have anything you want to further talk about. And Kristen, I'd love to talk to you sometime again. I'd love to talk to you again. I mean, you're just an amazing person. Oh, well, I, you ask smart questions. I love your energy. Well, Let's you. do it. Let's thank talk you. again. Perfect. You guys, this is Book Circle Online, and we'll talk to you guys next time. From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, 
We would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to BookCircleOnline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at BookCircleOnline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO, join the circle.